0: Long. Way outside for the three. It's going. It's it. going. for so then by two handed flush from Brittany Griner.
1: Swing it over. They've got to put him up. They don't use it. And
0: yes! The Lumberjacks have done it. Spins. Big season for Texas,
1: they finished 34-0, and 0. the number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their
0: first NCAA championship.
1: And the first NCAA... Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today?
0: I am doing pretty good.
1: Pretty good, pretty good. Okay, that's good. That that's better than than Texas basketball is doing. So Oof. we're we're doing great then. At that point, that, that's the standard for me. As long as I'm doing better than Texas basketball, men's basketball specifically. Men's
0: basketball. I was about to say women basketball. picked up a pretty good so women, win.
1: So women got a good win. Women got a good one. Yeah. We'll talk about that a bit. But uh, yeah, that that's my that's my uh standard for life. <laughs> So
0: we're Just doing be good. better than Texas basketball, right? I,
1: for most of my life. That's been, it's been good. It's been <laughs> so. that's,
0: that's very true. That's pretty true.
1: Oh, Jesus Lord. Okay. But yeah, we got a plan to talk about. We'll talk uh, SMU first, talk some conference USA men's. Um, I watched Sam Houston beat the brakes off of New Mexico state and I still can't process what happened Talk right. about that a little bit. Um, I didn't watch any of UTSA, UTEP, but you know how ESPN had the pillow fight of the week? We'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, and then uh, got some women's basketball we'll get to as well, including the Texas uh, win over Iowa State.
0: By the way, did you see the bet that somebody put on UTEP, UTSA? I did not. I saw some of the some of the UTSA guys were tweeting it. Let me see if I can find it. They were putting, it was like a last, I don't know if it was a live bet or something, but it was like, I got to find it. Yeah. Um, Let me see. I think Javi from birds up had it out. And I think it was, I think it was somebody that bet you. Let me see. Yeah, here it is from. uh,
1: I I know the spread was 15 and a half, I think for, for so a bet
0: has been placed for, it was about basically 8,100 on UTEP, uh, uh, UTSA roadrunners to win uh it was let me see on utep uh, to win twenty six thousand, right so he put an 8100 bet dollar <laughs> bet on it and it was let me see what was the bet exactly so it, it just, was to put it was he put he took utsa totally and straight up to win yeah basically oh, yeah and it was i think at the, at the time it was thirty two twenty five utsa so it was a live pressure it was a live bet yeah and for those of you that don't know, uh, what what was the final score? It was overtime, didn't they go to overtime? Yeah,
1: UTEP ended up winning by like three. Uh oh, my yeah. guy, heartbroken. They, came, they they came all the way back. Heartbroken and, for my
0: guy. Yeah,
1: poor guy. It was a. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch the game. I I was watching other significant games that mattered. I kept,
0: I kept tracking the game, and I texted you the score. I was like, "Huh, UTEP? UTEP going to let this
1: happen?" <laughs> well, I told I told my friend. I was like. I feel like beforehand, I was like, I don't know why UTEP's favored by so much. I was like, I don't see them like beating yeah. anybody by sixteen or right. twenty points. So, uh, yeah, I was like keeping t- tabs of it as well. But yeah, good, for, good for good for UTEP to get that win and not lose at home to UTSA. Man, good job.
0: They needed twenty-two points from Sule Boom to do it. So, good,
1: good job, guys. Good job. But uh, let, let's start with SMU. SMU yeah. last night. Uh, well, recording this on Friday, so on Thursday took down Memphis 70 to 62 um, on the road. So Mm -hmm. at Memphis, and as for those who don't know, Memphis has two of the top, you know, 15, probably 10, 10, 15 players in the country, Amani Bates um, and Jalen Duren, two very, very good players outside of them. They've been very inconsistent. I mean, even those two have been very inconsistent. As a team, Memphis, (laughs) Memphis has been terribly inconsistent this entire year and still they're one of the like, the top four teams in the American. And so you still have to take them seriously, but it doesn't look like it's a tournament team most likely at this point, but still we weren't even sure SMU was at that level to where they could take care of business. And if they took care of business, they got the 70 to 62 win and they controlled it for the entire game. Really?
0: Yeah. That, that final score really doesn't even indicate how much SMU was handling this game. And I think the reason why this game intrigued me was because the kind of the AAC is more or less open with how hurt Houston is. Um, again, we still have credit to Houston. You know, they've, they've kept things kind of stable with Marcus Sasser and Tremont Mark out. Um, and of course they're not going to be back this season. So we're still kind of unknown as to how, what level this team is, a, is the favorite, right? I pro- I, they probably still are the favorite, but yes. to what level, um, and so that's why this game intrigued me because Memphis obviously has the on paper talent to to be a contender but clearly they're not um, this still might be a this may need to be a team that just kind of catches hot in, in the conference tournament um, but then you look elsewhere and it was like okay well SMU is kind of that other team on paper that's putting things together that is probably the contender in this conference and so i wanted to see which one kind of won out and yeah, it was SMU. Clearly, um, I mean, Kendrick Davis didn't even really get going until like the late mid mid to late second half. He didn't. I'm pretty sure he didn't have his first points until like midway through the first half. Um, and it was a lot of Emmanuel Bandimel, it was a lot of the Weathers brothers, and they just really kind of controlled the inside. Um, I will say credit to Memphis. I think uh, I don't know who was guarding Kendrick Davis, but they were they were face guarding him a lot of the time. So like even during like the second half. Uh, they were Kendrick Davis wasn't even touching the ball for like some possessions. Cause they were just like, he's not going to beat us. And for a large stretch, he wasn't the one beating them. But um, yeah, it was <laughs> this. I, I'm really, I don't know. I don't want to get too. I don't know. They still need to play Houston. So I don't want to get too yeah. uh, on this SMU team, but they're really starting to, to click and it's all without still Zach Nuttall still hasn't even gotten going yet.
1: Yeah. I, man, I was impressed just by, So in the first half, I don't know how much Kendrick Davis scored in the first half exactly, Mm -hmm. but it felt like it was a lot of just ball movement. Ball was on the line. Uh, They were moving Memphis' defense left to right. I was impressed with the looks they were getting from three. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bandemount came out, hit a couple threes, um, ends the game with 13 points. Kendrick Davis ends it with 20. And they only had 12 assists, and Kendrick Davis had zero. And it just felt like everybody was getting a touch on the ball. And that was a side of SMU that I was really pleasantly surprised to see because when I think of SMU, I think of Kendrick Davis pounding the ball or I think of um, the Weathers brothers kind of making plays on their own or Nuttall making a play on his own. Uh, But I do want to give credit to to Zurich Phelps. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe he's a true freshman um, and played 26 minutes. I love his energy. He had four assists. He had five boards, four points. He's a guy off the bench that is gonna be huge for them moving forward because he played more than Zach Nuttall did last night. And I can see why. Just from like an energy perspective, you have Kendrick Davis, you have the weathers, you know, you have Bandamel. Zurich comes in and brings a nice spark off the bench. So you you have the nice six-man rotation. You slide in Tristan Clark in there for 10 minutes a game, whatever he does. He had two blocks in 10 minutes. He had four fouls as well, but still. SMU looks like they haven't figured out at this point. And I, the defense, not for nothing, was tremendous. Again, Memphis might not be as good as like we thought they could be. But still, SMU to this point, in conference play alone, has the second-ranked defense. And in the country, it has 101st-ranked defense. And that's continuing to climb. So yeah, you pair that with the 37th-ranked offense, and you have a team that is going to be right there with Cincinnati and Houston uh, come down the stretch.
0: I'm. I'm still of the. I still think Zach Nadal should come off the bench, mm-hmm. and with Zurch Phelps kind of developing into a playmaker, I, I. I wonder if that's something we look at, because I. I just. I really just think he has Zach uh, Zach Nuttall has issues as a secondary tertiary guy, right? Like I, I mentioned, um, a lot of the shots he's missing aren't bad looks right he's not like taking bad shots they're like good shots but it's just like i don't know if he's used to like just being a typical spot-up shooter who's only going to have a couple of shots here and there and he's he has to kind of hit them basically all the time he's more of a guy that's used to having the ball in his hands and so i don't know the fact there's still like this other little kernel of like potential for this team makes me optimistic for them um but even if zach Nuttall doesn't become that all-conference player that he was at sam houston uh, this is still a really solid team outside of that, so I mean, um, yeah, I think this is really impressive.
1: Because, like, you can't tell me if Sam Houston State last year played Memphis, this team like no, no, it's not dropping twenty five points.
0: Right? Yeah, exactly. No, hundred percent. And I, I do want to because this does technically have a Texas tie to it. Okay. I do want to touch on Penny Hardaway. Okay. Um, <laughs> if we're reaching, uh,
1: we're reaching over here for Penny, well, uh,
0: there's a there's a. Uh, <sighs> No, go. That, that. Those comments after the game. Oh yeah. Were stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> they were just flat out dumb. Um for those of you that didn't that didn't see Penny Hardway basically took uh I think the question was do you think do you think you can still be the guy or something like that to get it done? Mm-hmm. Um and he basically just unloaded like ridiculous. It was let me see uh bu, 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 bu.
1: it was it was five it, f-bombs in like 45 seconds five f-bombs yes i'm no. not gonna quote it exactly i don't know if you but, can quote it like that
0: but here's after one quote P. that i can't because there were there were two quotes that came out one of them was the f-bomb where he just went after the media and just whatever just dumb um this one really got on my nerves uh if i had my roster like they did then i feel like i can do whatever i want to do i'm coaching really hard my boys are playing really hard i'm not embarrassed about nothing we have okay that 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 answer is sure whatever that's fine. Here's the other part. We have four freshmen starting. Y'all need, to act, y'all need to act like it. Act like we got 17 and 18 and 19 year olds out here trying to learn to play against 23, 22, 23, 24 year old guys. Come on, man. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Like, don't do that. I work too effing hard. I worked way too hard for that. Y'all write all these bull, you know, articles about me. And all I do is work. We got young kids on the floor. They got young kids on the floor. <sighs> yeah. Something about, and so I, I that got on my nerves because I went back. I was like, you know what? Let's look at let's look at what Penny has been working with. He uses the teenagers as an example, right? And what I say, whatever you want, right? Teams of uh, not everybody can coach freshmen, right? Coach K, Calipari, they can make it work. Not everybody can do that. Yeah. I went back and looked at last year's Memphis roster. Three of five starters last year were basically outed the program by Penny so he can make room for those 17, 18, 19-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Damian Bau, who, there's my Texas tie, at TCU know. now. Musa Cisse, who's at Oklahoma State. DJ Jeffries, who's at Mississippi State. Three starting power conference players were got off the team because he wanted Imani Bates, right? And fair enough, sure, Imani Bates, great player. He wanted these freshmen that he's now complaining about. (laughs) And I went back and looked. I didn't realize this last year. Memphis finishes the top team in in, uh, defensive efficiency last year. The top team in the country. Mm -hmm. They lost to Houston. Their only two losses uh, to end the year, basically, from February on, were a two-point and a three-point loss to Houston. Mm -hmm. And then they won the NIT. And then he just destroys that starting lineup and now he's complaining i don't know that's my rant that was like i could not believe seeing that quote because it's like there's one thing to say like to get mad at the media whatever but then to say oh we got freshmen we can't can't be blaming us no and and this and this here i'll tie it in texas even more and it goes to
1: what what people have said about I mean, it's college basketball, right? You can yeah. you construct your own roster. This, this SMU team, this like- SMU team, you do it with <laughs> with Texas, which we'll talk about a bit, You that you construct your own roster. So that's where I, I talk to, I know a lot of Texas fans, because I'm from, you know, an hour from Austin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you know, he doesn't, um, this is a new team, they're piecing it together still. I'm like, Guys, every team in the country is going through this. Every team. This in the country. is, is going to be basketball from <laughs> now on. Yeah, college basketball, you're going to have three new starters on every single team in the country. How are you as a coach going to figure out how to piece them together, how to get chemistry, how to put them on the same line defensively? Because you're right. Not only last year were they number one, but the year before that, they were number five in the country in defense. And now you say, all right, well, we don't – or you don't say this directly, but you're like – all right, We're just gonna go for talent. We're not gonna go for another top five defensive season. And now you're 54th right. in defense. And right. you have no
0: consistency. So and they're probably gonna miss the tournament. Like they probably have the number two, three, four pick in the NBA draft in Amani Bates. And yeah. he's and again, there is something to be said about it. he did reclassify, right? Amani Bates should be a senior in high school, right? That technically. Yes. Um, but that's the risk you take when you're trying to do this, right? And so to use that now as an excuse. Is just weird because, yeah, he played a team that quite literally just is scrapped together, like because they because Tim Jankovic knew he was kind of in a big year. One, he couldn't waste Kendrick Davis' last year. Two, he was kind of in a big year for himself that he needed to kind of make a push for the tournament. So he put together this team and brought in, what, five legit transfers, like legitimately and, and Mark, starting all caliber? weathers, weathers. Yeah. And then, and then, and then Phelps as a freshman, you know, coming uh, a true freshman. So like, these are like five, six new players just Mm -hmm. playing together. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. That was just, that rant was like wild considering, especially considering the team that he beat (laughs) or that they lost to. It was just wild to me.
1: Yeah. So won't have to worry about Memphis moving forward. It's really to me, it's Houston and then SMU and Cincinnati as the next two. Those are the three that are going to be vying for that, that top spot. Houston yep. continues to roll. Uh, we're not going to talk about them because they beat the hell out of uh, South Florida.
0: Yeah, and then- credit to them. I mean, we we were like, oh, they're kind of, they might be done, but they're just like, I, I don't know. We don't have to worry. I, don't, I feel like we don't have to worry about them until February 9th when, or maybe even February 6th against Cincinnati. Cincinnati,
1: <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how they do. All right, uh, real quick. We don't have to spend too long on this because we talk about Texas every single podcast. But damn it, they <laughs> give us something to talk about every single podcast, like every just,
0: single one,
1: like every single. No, without a doubt, we're like, all right, well, we can put Texas over here, and uh, right. we'll piece the rest around them. Just, um, all right, I guess I'll just start with the punchline. Uh, is Texas going to miss the tournament?
0: Oh, oh man. For those I who mean, don't know,
1: the, Texas yeah. lost to Kansas State 66 to 65. And I actually was tuned in for the first half of that. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. Texas got this under control. Turned it off. Went to watch Texas Tech versus Iowa State, which was also a blow. But Texas Tech actually played well. So, you know, good for Tech. Right. Um, And I looked back and just like that, Texas lost to Kansas State at home. That make That's the craziest part is it was at home. Yeah, that- it, was,
0: yeah. it looked like a pretty rock. Uh, I don't want to say packed crowd because, you know. Frank Garvan Center, but yeah. um it was a decent crowd. It was a loud crowd. I'll say that much. um It, yeah, they might, and it, and it's part. It's partially because the Big Twelve is so damn good this year, right? Like Kansas State's the quote unquote worst team in the Big Twelve, and by a good margin. But they're what top. I don't think there's a single Big Twelve team outside the top fifty-five, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. But still, right, you're Texas. You're this team that that had this this hype heading into the year, and you might miss. You, there's a Honestly, they might be favored to miss the tournament right now. Like <laughs> a legit, which is nuts, right? They might be favored to miss the tournament. They right. might just, be. Like that's a, nuts because they're because here's the here's the biggest problem. Their non-conference stinks. Yes. Their yes. non-conference stinks. They lost every one of their good non-conference games. And so they might legitimately be favored to not make the tournament, which is a catastrophic fa-
1: failure we, of this first year. We still have we still have a um, a month and a half left. Yes. A lot of oh, games. yes. 100%. Yes.
0: And, and we've seen this team, like, flirt with, like, weird ceilings and all yes. that stuff. So yes. yes, of course.
1: However, and if if the committee takes into account the fact West Virginia and Kansas State did not have their players, like, if they take that into account, like Taz Sherman didn't play, which should be taken into account pretty mm-hmm. substantially to me, like, at this point, they're 1-3 in conference to me. Yeah. And we talked about in the last podcast. We won't talk about it for long. They haven't even got to the hard part of their schedule. They haven't played Kansas twice. They haven't played Baylor twice. They haven't played Texas Tech twice. They still play Tennessee.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So, yes, it is partially because the Big 12 is so damn good. But also, there's plenty of opportunities here if they want to, and if they can, to get some quality wins. Like, every single night, you have a chance to get a quad one win.
0: 100%.
1: At this point, they don't have many. They don't have more than one of those. Because uh, I don't consider again West Virginia. I don't consider it, even though um, that is a win. It's not yeah. a impressive win. So, you know, it might come down to these last two games where they play Baylor and Kansas, February twenty eighth, March fifth, and then the tournament. Like you might have to win one of those and then win a couple games in the tournament just to get in. Like that's yeah. what we're looking like, at right like, now.
0: So Joe Lenardi has them as a seven right now, right? And again, this is this is with the schedule they've had so far. This is with. You know what are they right now i'm trying to find their uh they are 13 and, five. 13 and five right without the hard part of their schedule so like sure yes they're still all the numbers probably still lean them as like a top five four team in the big 12 right fair mm-hmm. enough um but again that's without playing the hard teams and if you're already at a seven seed that's that's getting a little shaky to me yeah, no um way. because like ah <sighs> Because I feel like one, you're gonna you're gonna definitely probably need to beat Oklahoma again um, to to kind of make that resume better. But like the big twelves, the big twelves tough, man, like <laughs> you just lost to Kansas State who's the worst team, and they're still pretty solid. Um you beat Oklahoma, who's probably the second or third worst team, and they're still I think they're pretty good. And so yeah, I this is this is getting to like really, really sketchy territory right now for this this team in, in terms of the tournament.
1: Ken Palm has them ending at nine and nine, 20 and mm-hmm. 11 overall. That might be like a nine seed.
0: I was about to say that might be like, yeah, they're, they're like, that's like last four and stuff. The, like, yeah, <laughs> the cutoff,
1: the cutoff usually for, for at large teams is uh, 11. Cause that's where they yeah. had those like Memphis and UCLA played last year in the 11 <laughs> game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, gives them a little bit of hope there. And there's a lot of time left. We'll see. Uh, you they obviously can't lose to Oklahoma State on Saturday, and they can't lose to TCU on Tuesday. You can't nope. lose either one of those. You have to win those. Mm-hmm. So
0: once after after they come out of that, we'll see how they're doing next week. And- I will say the the disappointing, the disappointing the biggest disappointment to me in this game is that they finally got the Marcus Carr game right. they were waiting for. He drops 25. He looks like the dude that he was brought in to be, right? Where they just say, oh, this dude's hot. Just let him, let him go. And he even has the last look and it's it's not, I don't like that look. It's like a step back along the baseline or whatever. I'm just like, uh, it almost went in credit to him, but I I don't know. I just don't like that look, but, um, you finally get 25 points on a pretty good percentage from (laughs) Marcus card. He looks like he's cooking and
1: Figuring yeah. out figuring out who's gonna score every single night, like yeah. how the box score is gonna look every single night, is like rolling dice. It's like buying a lot a lottery ticket at this point. Like Timmy Timmy Allen is the only one I, I know is gonna get double figures most likely. Right. Right. Everybody else, I'm like could have five, could have twenty. I have no idea. You know, Ramey five, Jones
0: five, good on the list. So by the way, speaking of uh, speaking of the the weird Big Twelve Baylor man without James Akinjo lj crier dropped 25 against west virginia yeah at west virginia like that is a huge huge win especially after that those back-to-back disappointing losses
1: i agree that was that's one they easily could have let let slip um because it it was a tough game i mean west virginia came to play and west virginia at full strength is a good team so uh to get that win on the road it's a big deal like you said crier and Mayer, uh meyer uh end up leading the way and that's what those guys are capable of. That's why Baylor is a good team still, even though, you know, they lost two straight games. They're still one of the – they're going to be a one seed if everything mm-hmm. plays out how it should. And it's because they have depth, and it's because they are still going to be a really good defense no matter who's on the court. So, all right. I watched I, – I got mad at myself last podcast because I didn't bring up North Texas beating West. Oh, yeah. And me I, – I think I've said this on the podcast before – I, I always forget to talk about North Texas because I have a whole separate podcast talking about North Texas. Right. So I'm gonna blame you. You. Okay. Need to, <laughs> you need to remind me to talk about North Texas because this isn't just this isn't just some you know decent conference USA team. This is right. a really 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 good like this is a top ten mid major in the country at this point. Probably and yeah. I uh, let me see where they're at in Kenpom at this point. They are. They are 67th. 67th. So, again, one of the top teams, like we talk about TCU, SMU, A&M, those guys are 60 through 62, and North Texas is 67. Like, they are right there. This is mm-hmm. a really, really good team. So I need to make sure that we talk about them <laughs> a little bit. Uh, they did beat West Kentucky over the weekend on the road, and yep. that is something that hasn't happened in 10-plus years. Mm-hmm. And then they come back yesterday and beat the hell out of Charlotte. Like, they just beat the doors in from uh, – By the way, I'm not
0: not trying to take anything away from these wins. The East sucks in Conference USA. Like, I I think North, that's not taking anything away from these wins. Those are two impressive wins regardless. But those are two, like, pretty solid. They're all one. They're all, like, two and two on that side of the bracket anyway. (laughs) But also, like, I would take the top three, four teams in the West any day over the the top two teams in the East.
1: Yeah, Conference USA, quick recap for those who aren't paying attention. You got 3 teams in like the top 75 of Kimpom and then I don't even know where Rice is but Rice is probably 4th. Well, Western Kentucky and Rice are probably like battling for 4th probably in like the 120s I would assume. Right. And here let me actually just get the setups so that way I know. Yeah, you have Western dropped. Okay, Western's at 117. FAU is probably the best team in the East at 152. Um I mean, just they just beat Western, so yeah, no, there's nobody else really good outside of those top three. But for North Texas to get that win on the road, they will play. Um, I know Louisiana Tech and UAB play on Saturday, so that'll be a big game. But North Texas is is gonna run through this conference. Like, mm-hmm. they got to play La Tech twice, and they got to play UAB again. But good Lord, La
0: Tech still. I mean, they're hobbled, but they're yeah. they're still La Tech, but they're a little hobbled. So. Like
1: you got those three games, and then you don't have another. Def- really difficult game another game where they're going to be like they'll be favored by eight or more in every game outside of those three yeah so if if let's just say they they win all but three games not saying that it's those three games only but they finish 14 and four if if they you know
0: take care of business they do have
1: fau too and fau is a good team so we'll throw that in there let's say they split with la tech lose to uab and lose to fau that's 14 and four and I don't know if that's gonna win the conference because UAB is really good, but it might win the conference. And that would be three straight conference championships for North Texas. And I just we we have to highlight how crazy that is coming from 2016 when they mm-hmm. were two and eighteen, and you know, two mm-hmm. years for McCasson to build it up, and then three straight championships. I just yep. that's absurd. Yeah. Well I
0: mean like, still like these- you said, well, you what?
1: We talk about these Texas teams a lot. We talk about a lot of different Texas teams, and it's given me good perspective on just how kind of. I don't want to take the, what North Texas is doing for granted. The consistency
0: sure. that they're playing with. I mean, like, because like because I think that – you know, this is kind of a cynical view, but it's like, how long is Grant McCaslin going to be there? You know, because this is so because this run is legitimately like one of the most impressive. You know, he was in for, he was rumored to be in for the Oklahoma State job or the Oklahoma job. Yeah. Um, he was rumored to be a candidate for uh, if Mark Adams didn't get tech, it was like a theory, you know, he was one of the possibilities there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like for him to to continue, like, I don't know, people thought, I think I was under the impression that maybe last year was his year to go, right? Where it was like cash in on the tournament win, you know, the senior, kind of a senior heavy team or not senior heavy, but veteran heavy team and just cash in, right? And for him to stay, get a raise and get the investment. And then- keep pushing it, like keep it going like that. That's, I don't know. That's, that's insane. It is nuts. It's legitimately nuts and credit to them. Because yeah, now like that conference, specifically the West and the, like it's not easy and they're, <laughs> they're, they're like the steady ship and it's wild to to consider that.
1: And I I want to turn this a little bit to rice. Cause rice is also in this conference and mm-hmm. rice beat Marshall old, old dominion. My uh, rice has won four of its last five since getting, Killed by North Texas. North Texas win, beat him by 32. Mm-hmm. And then Rice goes and beats middle, beats UAB, which is the shocker, uh, loses to Western, even though they put up a fight, and then beats Marshall and Old Dominion. And now they are four and two in conference. And like I've said, there's not a ton of intimidating games here besides, you know, the big three LaTeX, North you, Texas. You
0: were you dead. You were burying Rice. You were. Oh, dumb. I'm not
1: buying. I'm. <laughs> Look, I've... I. You were done with Rice. You you kind of touched on it. I've sold the entire conference outside of the top three. <laughs> right. Like, whatever happens outside the top three, like, the top three is my bubble. Yeah. This is what I, I, I claim. Like, these guys are all good. Everybody mm-hmm. else, I don't know if you're good or not, but I'm not going to take the time to invest. To see
0: so it. Rice has Charlotte and LaTeX coming up on Saturday and next Thursday, right?
1: Yeah.
0: This could go down in a Hindenburg-style fire. <laughs> or we could be talking about a resurge. Oh Rice, 11th God. in the country in three-point percentage. They can shoot it. The, shots, shoot. Are the hey, shots are falling again. The shots
1: are falling again. You didn't even mention after after those two games, they got Southern Miss, UTSA, and UTEP, man. Hey, if, <laughs> if they win these two games, which I do, highly doubt they beat LaTeX, if they yeah. beat those two
0: it's rice to think the moon bad. baby think about they're
1: good <laughs> they're good if they don't win we're talking about rice winning five straight games they can, if they win five straight games they're nine and two nine and two that's, in conference
0: <laughs> and at that point they're probably like second in the west right <laughs> like
1: just from the cannibalism up top
0: right the, exactly like if like they be La La Tech there. and they take care yeah. of business elsewhere like that's that's oh that's God. wild to consider Seen as you were the first, you were the first to like I'm, to start the hole that they were burying him in. Like, you were give me that shovel, I am still in it. there.
1: They're still look, no, they're, they're getting out of the hole, and I gotta hit him with the shovel one more time. You just gotta make sure you gotta they're make there. sure that exactly
0: you oh, saw I him see. flinch. You saw him flinch. You're like, oh no, no, it's like oh. a bug, it's like a buggy step on you. See a twitch again, he's like, nope, what do you mean?
1: So. Yeah, if they win five fair games, I promise we'll give you a full Rice versus North Texas preview for February. Let's do it. Because that Let's might do be it. the greatest game in Texas basketball history. <laughs> so, we'll see. Uh, I Ooh. I watched Sam Houston State beat North New Mexico State. in. Yeah, S-
0: you sent me that. Go it, Talk about that for a bit because that was a result that I, actually speaking actually, of teams, we are buried.
1: I watched the first half. Yeah. All right. And Sam Houston State comes out, hits seven of the first 11 threes. Um, was shooting, I have a screenshot on my phone. Yeah. I sent it to my friend, but they were shooting 76% uh, at some point in the first half. And New Mexico State, New Mexico State, the best team in the WAC, Yeah. New Mexico State was shooting 24%. And it, it was every time I watched Sam Houston, I watched Sam Houston play UTRGV. I've watched Sam Houston, I think, one other time, and then I watched them t- uh, yesterday. They just don't miss when I watch them. They they literally don't miss. Dante Powers, uh Demarcus Lampley. I I didn't even see. Let me let me make sure I'm right here. Yeah, I mean, Savion Flag had 22 points in 25 minutes, and every time I watch Savion Flag, I'm like, damn, this guy's really talented. But I don't lo- love like watching him play. Yeah. And then he ends up with like 22 points, and I'm just like, all right, cool. And so Powers ends up with 12. Lampley ends up with 10. Tristan Eke with eight, and. They, they don't miss. Like, I don't know how to describe it. I don't have an overarching takeaway, but they are 5-1 and one in conference now, or 6-1. and one. I think they're 5-1. 5-1 in conference now. They hit 13 threes against the best team in the WAC, mm-hmm. and the best team in the WAC, is New, New Mexico State, couldn't shoot to save its life. And I don't think Sam Houston's a great defensive team, but right. damn.
0: They just... They, yeah, I I so I was watching... um. I was watching mostly on through Twitter kind of how people were reacting to this game because uh, Sam Houston got the blessed uh, John Rothstein tweet um, where he mentioned the game a little bit, just talking about uh, New Mexico State had a 10-game win streak and then lost to 25 by Sam Houston. Um, Steven Wagner, who I believe is the New Mexico State beat writer, mentioned how this is their worst loss. Let me see. First conference loss of 20-plus since 2012 um, and the, the worst conference loss of the Chris Jans era. Like... This was this was wild. Like people were like, legitimately like, wait, what's going on? And like you mentioned, Sam Houston's defense isn't that great, but apparently, like New Mexico State had no like rhythm on offense, had no flow. Um, Like it would look very stagnant, and it was like, okay, there were a lot of people on Twitter saying, Sam, you have to pay attention now to what this team's doing in the WAC. And you mentioned it like we didn't expect. You know, heading into the year, we're like, ah. I don't know. Savion flag looks pretty good. You know, he's pretty good, obviously coming from a and but I think it was that, it was that Tarleton loss by double digits. And then it was, that lost to UTSA. And then you're just like, ah, I don't know what this team is. And they beat an ACU SFA in New Mexico state. Now, like,
1: that's crazy. When you say it like that,
0: <laughs> like, that is, it is nuts. Right. Wow. They I are. Mean- and they're by the way, um, they are, I believe. Let me see. They're not a great offensive team, and they're not a. Gr- that's the that's the baffling part to me. They're not a great like either side. They're like fine on <laughs> like they're like four. They're like two hundredth in offensive uh, efficiency, and then like two thirtieth in like defensive efficiency. But they're forcing some turnovers. They offensive rebound the ball pretty well. They get about. They're 25%, uh 25% um or percentile offensive rerunning percentage. Um uh or sorry, sorry, they're 38th in offensive rebound percentage, which is great. And then they're 60th in allowed. So they're actually pretty good at defending the offensive glass, crashing the defensive glass, and then crashing the offensive boards. They're so they found a way to kind of be Houston light a little bit, um, in that regard. But yeah, this I don't know. I did not expect um I didn't expect to start from them in the WAC at all. We were talking about who's going to be the new team in the in the new WAC, and it's Sam Houston, it's I guess. Sam
1: Houston State. <laughs> like, what the heck is going on here? Like, they play Grand Canyon next. Yep. This this is a brutal stretch of games for them. I'll be at the last two have been at home, but they play Grand Canyon next at home on Saturday. So tomorrow, if they beat Grand Canyon – is this team going to win the conference? Right.
0: Like, like what, at that point, where, the regular season, at that point, the regular season, like titles in grasp. Where like. Do, like, where do we draw the line? What is happening? Is there a line? Where do we draw the line? We need to stop Sam Houston. Where do we draw the line?
1: Sam Houston <laughs> stays making the tournament. What the heck? I can't. I just, every time I watch them, they just don't miss. And yeah. I don't have a reasonable explanation for it. Because I watch, watch them, I
0: guess. You got you to gotta,
1: you gotta keep it on. It's me. It's me. It's I, I watched them, and they have they um, hand New Mexico State the worst loss since 2012. Mm-hmm. That's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. A team that mm. was four and eight after okay. a loss to Bradley is now eleven and nine and six and one in conference. So, shout out to Sam Houston. Hey, i i I sold. I had sold, and um, I was wrong. <laughs> so y'all, y'all are, y'all. If they beat our if they beat Grand Canyon my whole life savings going into Sam Houston, <laughs> winning the conference. Like, I don't even know at that point what odds I can get throwing it on them. So there you go. Um, I actually don't have anything. I have written down UTEP and UTSA, but I actually don't have anything on them since we kind of touched on it at the very beginning. Just, yeah, I, I don't didn't really,
0: know. yeah. I didn't really see much of them. I did see a little bit of a uh, and Kentucky um, yeah, and lost of course, but, it was a pretty good we're not of course AM's been good this season and it was that was kind of uh
1: disrespectful right there. I know right
0: said. I know right. Um but Kentucky's number 12 and so like it was a it was like you know obviously AM was not favored, but um it was a really good environment. I wanna say that was like the bet that was the biggest crowd in like Reed Arena history. Um I wanna say I don't know if they have the numbers in the box score, but um let me see 14,000 in Reed Arena. Like it was a huge crowd. And to me, it kind of showed AM's a legit player. Like, are they a tournament team? You know, they might be a last four in type team, yeah. but um, I think this is a team that's. Uh, we were kind of confused as to what AM was. And I think this team, this game showed that they're a legitimate, good team, right? Um, just kind of the the depth of the SEC might come back to haunt them and just might make it you know I they might make the NIT let me just put it that way right I don't know if the tournament's there for them right now but Wade Taylor's really good Henry Coleman's great like this is a fun fun team and yeah I firmly can say that now after this game we were kind of hovering around as like oh they had a close loss to so-and- so they beat so-and- so but are that is that team any good yeah I think this team's good I think am's legitimately good I mean look at the three
1: losses this year. Wisconsin is very good at this mm-hmm. point we know that now. Uh TCU is it's it's not a great loss but it's not a bad loss. Right. And then Kentucky. Those are the three losses. The rest of the schedule hasn't been difficult per se. I think mm-hmm. they I mean Notre Dame's 63rd in Kempom and Arkansas is 38 in Kempom. Those are the only teams that are in the top 140 but right. still, you know, that the, the consistency is good enough. So We'll see. They got Arkansas and LSU as their next two games. Um, I, I I'm interested. Man, I feel like the LSU score is going to be very very low. Just I just don't think the, either team's going to score very much. But regardless, then they kind of go. I mean, they still have South Carolina, Missouri in their next five games, so they can pick up some wins. And then it then you start starting to start to hit. It feels like their SEC schedule is just really easy. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. They play Auburn once. They play Alabama once. Like I mean, they might yeah, months. they might have just gotten a good draw. Yeah, I mean, because they played Missouri twice, they played Ole Miss twice, they played Georgia twice. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Buzz Williams made some calls, but good for him. <laughs> good for him if they did. Yep. They're projected to go 10 and 8 in the conference, which feels about right at this moment. So probably about right.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll see. All right, let's get to the women. Yep. Some some interesting women's results. And um You said you watched UTA and Texas state a little bit.
0: Yeah. So I, yeah. So I, I watched this one and God, this was a, this was a bad loss for Texas state. I'll say they controlled most of this game. And then they cough it up. They're up, I believe three with like 11 seconds or something. And first of all, I am 100% team foul up three. All always, I don't care about drama. If I'm a coach, this is what I mean. If I'm a coach, I don't care about drama. I don't care about playing it out. What no, foul, like foul. So what happens? UTA hits a three. They tie it. It almost turns into like ultimate disaster because as Texas State's inbounding, they turn the ball over under their hoop, goes to UTA, and they had a second. Or no, then they had a second and they foul or sorry, let me rephrase. It does turn to disaster because they turn the ball over. They set up UTA has a shot to win. They foul UTA on the shot to win with a second left and UTA hits the uh, game winning free throw. So it it, it it was a horrible loss for Texas State. They had a chance to beat UTA on the road and UTA has been slipping a little bit. They're not the the the, the impressive team that we thought. They've suffered, I think, two conference losses already. Um And they were just coming off a loss to Georgia Southern. This was their chance to beat them. And yeah, they commit, I think they finished with 26 turnovers too, Texas State did. Um, It was, it's a bad, that was a bad loss. They get them at home again, you know, this kind of the interesting setup with the Sunbelt. They're doing these back-to-backs kind of home and away kind of things with some of the Texas teams, some of the in-state, you know, that's how, that's how they basically get the, the um, Travel stuff. Yeah, the travel, the travel taken care of. You play both Arkansas teams, play both Georgia teams, etc. So they're getting UTA at home this weekend, I believe Saturday. So there's a chance, but man, this was this was a huge chance to because they were Texas It was kind of on a little bit of a streak, right? They had they kind of fit some things together. Let me see. They were on a they were on a two game two game win streak after getting destroyed by Troy and yeah they let this one just get away and it, it just the way they lost just made you go oh god like you know not fouling up three turning the ball over on the in possession, position fouling on the last second shot and then watching them hit the other hit the other free throw like just god, just, just yeah heartbreaking
1: i i did not get to watch this game but i did not know it was that Gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good, Texas State. I was like,
0: star Jacob, star Jacob's legit for UTA, uh, finished uh, 16 points, or sorry, uh, 19 points, and uh, three assists, two, seven rebounds. She was legit, man. UTA, Sharika Wright knows what she's doing. They they had 17 steals in that game. Like, they were legitimately great. And down the stretch, they were legitimately great. Um, To start the game, they were not. That impressive and yeah that was that's uh that's when they let like, get away Ooh.
1: uh texas beat iowa state in uh was this on the road this was on the road correct and i yes, did not yes. watch it it was on the road i'm sorry um i did not get my eyes on it i was watching just a ton of basketball and uh texas ends up winning 66 to 48 and it was Looks like a game they controlled for the entire game. They were up sixteen to ten early. Uh, they led by nine to Held them to
0: the four in the third quarter.
1: Held them to four in the third quarter. So they were really, the game was over by the by the halftime almost at this point. Mm-hmm. So good defensive performance from Texas. It looks like Iowa State out of rhythm. I honestly, maybe it's just because I saw LSU beat Iowa State earlier this season. I, I don't think Iowa State's like this impenetrable, you know, force that's like. Sure gonna tear up the big 12 so this result doesn't surprise me per se uh but still it's a good result for a texas team that needed a win like this to you know continue to get back on track after a couple losses and figure things out so
0: there was a uh was a stat i think let me see danny davis tweeted out um from the austin american statesman if you Count the 2021 NCAA tournament for this exercise. Texas has won four of its last five against top 10 teams in the AP poll. None of them were at home. Damn. That's that's a nuts. That's a nuts realization for this team. Like they're they're young and they're just still winning. Like it doesn't matter. It's it's pretty it's pretty great. And yeah. uh, I, I will say, I think Audrey Warren left the game with an injury. Apparently, Vic Schaefer said she's good to go, but she that's stepped awesome. out. <clears throat> she did uh, leave the game. I think somewhere in the middle um with an injury so big 12
1: standings right now iowa state five and one oklahoma five and one i kansas state four and two texas three and two baylor two and two texas texas tech two and four continued lost again i think they lost to tcu actually and tcu uh two and three now
0: mm-hmm. so. and i think i want to say i'm trying to look TCU beat Texas, by the way. Well, I was going to mention more on the Iowa State game. I think Ashley Jones was also out for them. So that might have been why they got their butt kicked. (laughs) Um, I don't want to say that's the reason why Texas won, but that may be why Texas won like that um, with their best player out. But, you know, hey, everybody's everybody's hurt. Everybody gets, you know, everybody misses their best player every once in a while. So
1: yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Real quick, and I hate to do this. Oh no. The great What's people happening? in college station. Oh man. Oh jeez. The right. women's yeah. basketball team. They're done. It's done, man. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's over. It's a wrap, guys. They're one and five in conference now. To be fair, they've played a no, I can't even say that they've played a super difficult schedule. LSU I mean, it's just it's just the South conference, Carolina, right? So. It's just like, yeah, yeah
0: sure, but it
1: you Ole know? Miss. They lost to Ole miss by 17. And you just you can't do that.
0: You they're can't. bottom in like every, except for defense. Offensively is where their issues are right now. Mm-hmm. They're twelfth in the SEC in field goal percentage. They're fourteenth. They're last in the SEC in two point percentage. And remember that that hot shooting that they had. They're seventh in three point percentage. And that was like the thing that was like the new hotness, right? It was like, oh look, SMU yeah. can shoot or uh, AM yeah. can shoot now didn't matter, right? They're 12th in effective field goal percentage. They're 11th in points per attempt. Like, it's just like, it's not there. It is is bad right now.
1: They don't. And I've said this, we've said it before when we talked about a they just don't have a a post. They don't. Sydney Sydney Robiot is is not the answer there. Uh, Jaden Malone can't really hold up. I mean, they're last
0: in defending the offensive last. They're allowing 16 they offensive rebounds a game.
1: Yeah, they get they get killed on on the glass yeah. every every game. So they just don't have the bigs to hold up in the SEC. And uh, I could kind of tell that when they played LSU. But yeah, it's becoming very very apparent. I'll think, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, Jordan Nixon has fallen like her production's fallen off a cliff. She's shooting 26% in the SEC, 25% from three. Uh kandasha Hoppy, who was one of their players who was helping their shooting 33 percent from three, 36% from the floor. Like, yeah, it's 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 struggle time right now for Nixon. It,
1: it seems like Nixon is just a facilitator at this point, pretty yeah. much. Like she gets the assists, um, tries to set she, up. Others. She turn,
0: but she turns the ball over a touch. She has, I think she almost has a one to one ratio. Like she almost like turns the ball. I think she has four more assists than she does turnovers. It's, yeah, it's, it's struggle time. And that quote, when you told me that quote about uh, Gary Blair after the LSU game, I was like, ah, that dude might just be.
1: I think he's, 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 and I I don't want to say he's checked out, but it's what it feels like after, after that LSU game. If I've been to a, you know, I'm, I'm, I haven't been to a ton. I'm not gonna act like I'm a 20 year veteran here, but I've been to enough press conferences. To yeah. get a vibe of what the coach is, is trying to say. And it felt like he was done. Like the way he was talking about the transfer portal, the way he's talking about COVID. Yeah. Poor guy just wants to be done at this he's point. Tired. He's I don't just tired. I'm he tired. And I don't know if this team wins a lot more, even if he's 10 years younger and full of vigor. But right. it doesn't help that he seems like he's not happy. So right. We'll see. We'll see they do move forward. I I don't have an assessment. They play Missouri, who is damn good. Actually, Missouri's gonna, oh man, Missouri's gonna beat them very badly on the road, (laughs) and then they go from there. So we will we'll see. Mm -hmm. All right, any other teams I missed here? I don't think we missed anybody else. Um, Uh, Anybody big? I don't think so. I don't think so either. let me just check this. From- we were oh, we
0: were gonna talk about SMU women, but their game got postponed. Yeah. Um, I believe I think it was As against always. Wichita. Let me see. As always. Uh I can't remember which game it was, but it wasn't on the SMU side. So I think they'll be playing again this weekend. Um I think it was just on the Wichita side, that I yeah. want to say it was Wichita. Um, so we'll probably talk – we'll try and talk about them next week because they were <clears throat> they were on a pretty good streak. I think they're 3-0 in the AAC. So uh, we do want to talk about Toyo Wilson and kind of what she has going on there. Yeah, it was – let's see. It was UCF. UCF and Tulsa. Those games were postponed. And I think those were both on – had to do with the other team because um, I don't think SMU – I don't think they were on SMU's side, but um, we'll see. They won't play. Again. It looks like they won't play again until Wednesday against uh, USF. So,
1: yeah, uh, North Texas women have kind of fallen off a cliff a little yeah. bit. They're they're one and three in conference. They go play Old Dominion next, which is going to be very tough on the mm-hmm. road. They play them on Saturday, so could be looking at a one to four start for North Texas women's. I thought was going to be one of the better teams in the conf in the conference and even in the state, mm-hmm. women's basketball, but it is not looking like that's going to come to fruition. So yeah, there you go. Um, I wish I had a positive note to end it on. Just remember <laughs> everything we talked about with Sam Houston State. Just yeah,
0: maybe I'll clip
1: it and put it all at the end there. The Sam Houston State. So, <laughs> but plenty of games will be on Saturday as well and this weekend. So we'll hit. You, we'll be back on Monday or Tuesday to get you with another pod. But uh, if you're listening on. Uh, Spotify, give us a follow. If you're listening on Apple, give us a follow as well. You can leave us a five star rating and review on both of those apps. So feel free to do that. Uh, you can check out all the content at textbasketball.com. You can follow Ishmael at Twitter, on Twitter at, at IshmaelR Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at MatthewBrooney underscore. And you can follow Dave Campbell's basketball at DCT basketball. So we appreciate y'all joining us. And we'll talk to you later.